Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Loose Ends, The Singh Family Tragedy. This is episode 11, Max Confesses. My name is Graham Crowley. Thanks very much for listening. Loose Ends has been created specifically for an adult audience, so listener discretion is advised. The thoughts and opinions in this podcast are mine. This episode was intended to be called Max Speaks. I'll have that material for you in the next episode. You may recall it came out at trial that Max Seeker allegedly confessed the murders to his friend Andrea B. The defence hotly contested that confession. I wrestled with the topic in some detail in episode 4, The Road to Hell, by reporting on what both the prosecutor and the judge told the jury. In a later episode of this podcast, I want to revisit the Crown evidence in this circumstantial case as presented at trial, compared to what we now know. Accordingly, I thought it important that you be given the opportunity to hear what Andrea B. told the police. But therein lies the problem. Her statement went to 50-plus pages. She spent three and a half days in the witness box. There is no way to broadcast that mountain of evidence in a podcast. I have decided the most appropriate way is to let you listen to the recorded interview police had with Andrea B, unedited, except where names are mentioned. You can then make an informed decision of this witness, her credibility and her evidence. The jury at trial asked to view the videos police had with Andrea B, but the judge refused. I'm not sure why. But before we get into that, I have some feedback I considered important. Over the course of the podcast, I've had sporadic contact from a woman who described herself as a friend of Max Seeker. She contacted me again after listening to episode 10, the next chapter. I asked her whether she thought Max was guilty and if he was capable of murder. She had this to say. She asked to remain anonymous. I had a hard time for years because he is an extremely hard person to get a read on. He is very interesting to talk to. I have never met anyone like him since. He gave me an opportunity once to ask all the questions I had on my mind. He said the usual that he would never hurt a woman or children's stuff, but he also brought up how his own children were affected and that he never would have brought them to the scene if he had known they were dead. He is definitely capable of murder, but he has his own code of honour. 
He was extremely protective of his children, as narcissists tend to be, and I do have trouble believing he would have used them as his cover like that. I also received a message from Kylie of Bridgeman Downs. I am one of those people who was totally convinced of Max's guilt. Based on information I read in the media and the rumours circulated in our neighbourhood, which is the same one that the Seeker family still lives in. Having listened to the podcast, though, I am now not so sure, particularly after listening to the Solomon Islands connection. I think if this information was available to jurors at Max's trial, it would certainly have created reasonable doubt. Police should definitely investigate that link further. Congratulations on another great podcast. I received a further email from Amber of Idaho, USA. She makes an interesting comment regarding the water in the spa bath. My recollection of the police test conducted focused on the water temperature rather than the amount of water used, but I will revisit the investigation results. You asked for listener opinions on Max Seeker's guilt. I do believe Max Seeker is guilty of the triple murder. But it really bothers me that the police can't pin down time of death Changing from a 12-hour window to a 36- to 42-hour window is a huge inexplicable disparity. Even if they can't access daily water usage data, there must be a way to test running the water for 12 hours in the spa tub one month and 36 hours another month and determine which is closest to the recorded water usage the month of the murders. A triple life sentence based solely on circumstantial evidence is tough to swallow especially when an accurate time of death could eliminate doubt one way or another. Thanks again for all your hard work. Love the podcast. I make no comment on the content of the interviews Andrea B. had with police. That is a matter for you. Here they are. My only comment is police officer stated the interview occurred in 2007, whereas in fact it was 2008. 10.25 a.m. Wednesday, the 2nd of April, 2007. Detective Sydney and Massingham speaking with Andrea. Come in with Andrew. How are you going? Hi. First of all, Andrea. What I'll say to you is this straight away. We spoke about being up front and whatnot on the phone the other day. I'm going to be right up front with you now, all right? Our conversations are going to be recorded and are currently being recorded. Okay? Okay. Um, so that's... Straightforward as okay. it is, and there are reasons for that. Okay. All right. The reason I've asked you to come in here is as a result of a conversation we had on Saturday on the phone. Yep. All right. But you don't remember a lot of. No, that's fine. That's okay. I understand that. Okay. Um, is there any reason why you don't remember a lot of that conversation? Um. I lost a few brain cells. Mm -hmm. As a result of? Having a drink or two. Having a drink or two. Alright. Andrew, where we said is that that conversation was not recorded. Alright? Okay. And I've made some notes of that conversation. Okay? Now where we said we've, um, I've spoken to a number of police in relation to the conversation and as a result, that's why we're here today. We've asked you to come here. Alright? Now, the conversation that you relayed to me took place, as you've indicated, in your car at a park back on the 16th of March. Okay? 
Is that right? Yes. That part's right? Okay. Um, the inference that could be drawn from that conversation is a, what could, you can conclude is somewhat of a confession. Where we go from here, Ingrid, is that obviously you have seen Max Seeker of your own volition and of your own accord. Right. Do you agree we've spoken about this a number yes, of times? Yes, a hundred times, yes. And do you agree that I provided you my view on what what you should be doing? You should be considering yourself in, in, in your position as a mother with the children and whatnot? Yes. Oh, okay. And I'm still having trouble. I can't gather even totally myself what is driving you to pursue Max. Can you elaborate any further than apart from curiosity and wanting to find out exactly what happened? Can you elaborate any further as to what's driving you, why you wanted to do this? Because I don't think anybody has the right to believe that they could take three people's lives because they crack the sheets or because something didn't work well for them. I mean, it, you know, it's... um. Yeah, it's just not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see an avenue of opportunity, do you? Yeah. Right. And do you intend following this opportunity or this, these meetings and gatherings? I guess what's your intentions, Andrea? This is probably what I want to know. Ideally, if he was able to um, confess and um, decide that um, he should hand himself in. Well, that's ideal because the whole thing, the whole process of going to court and denying it and doing the whole thing, you know, it's just a waste of everyone's time and energy and, you know, if you're at the point where you've confessed, well, and that's what I was saying, that I know it's difficult if it's just someone's word against someone else's because it's, it's just doesn't mean anything. What I was trying, what I was thinking was if, if um, I could obtain something that would be very difficult for him then to deny that the whole thing has happened, then it's much stronger and um, it's better to do it that way than, than, than go off sort of half-cocked and end up going through this huge big process that could have been eliminated if, if um, you know, I just, I just don't, and it doesn't matter. No, you're referring to the previous instances where, uh, that have taken place um, at the here, at some hearings and whatnot, is that what you're referring to? No. No. So what do you mean? Oh, okay. What, what I'll do is, I'll move on from what yep. you said. Okay. It's interesting you said that, you know, uh, uh, an admission uh, and confession and handing himself in would be beneficial, right? And currently, as it stands, the conversations between yourself and him are very limited in any evidentiary value. Correct. You're fully aware of yes, that. Yes, fully aware of that. And that's the way we see it. Yes. And that's the way we see it. Mm. Essentially, it's very limited. Yes. And, and, and uh, uh, we, as a result, uh, can see ways where we can enhance the strength, I guess, of any potential conversations that you have in the future. Sure. All right. 
And so, I guess, we've had a number of conversations over the number of years now, Andrew, and really, and um, the bottom line is what conversations have related to me is one word in this hour. Yes, that's correct. You know, it's not recorded. What recordings there are are notes that you've made, so there's no tape recordings or anything like no, that. No, that's it's good. That. So, yes. like I said, it's only limited in value. What we propose to do essentially is, is draw a line essentially in the now and say to you this, that if you intend to continue seeing Max Seeger with a view to pursuing this and doing it of your own accord, that's your business, all right? That's your business. Yeah. We see it as an opportunity that with your consent and obviously your cooperation, we can provide you with some type of looking device that will record the conversation that you've had. All right? I stress to you it's purely for your consent. Sure. I stress to you that, you know, there are significant issues associated with, with, um, uh, one, arranging that and also that you've got to consider your position and also your position within your family. It's certainly not a matter of we want to force anything for you to do something you don't want to do. Sure. Right? And it's important that I stress that to you. Mm, I, I understand but, that. But we're in a position now, Andrew, we've gone a number of years, okay, and you've told bits and pieces, which we know about, okay. But the bottom line is is that it's of evidentiary value and it's probably a fair playing field if these conversations or this A conversation is recorded. And obviously beneficial to bringing the matter to a head. Yes. So that's the main reason for bringing you here today is, you know, essentially saying, listen, we, you know, we've tagged along with you over a number of years, mm-hmm. and certainly it's important the thing that you told us. But it's got to a stage now that, as you are well aware, just as much as me, is that there are only limited in value. Yes. And it takes a long time to get from. From, from A to B, where you're talking about something so great, because, I mean, obviously he's going to hold in and fight. I mean, he's, everything about him is going to not want to tell me anything. And it's had to be a very, very slow process because I've had to build up trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just doesn't come lightly when someone's got so much on their mind. Mm-hmm. I've got to be in a relaxed state mm-hmm. because everything else is, the conversations are all over the place. Um, I have to be um, very relaxed and confident when I see him. So I have to wait until I know I can I can do that. But just the whole building up trust and getting to the point where we are now has taken a long time. I'm pretty relaxed about the relationship between he and I because of the last conversation I had. Because um, uh, when he gets out, at, when he got out of the car, he said, because um, he was pretty exhausted and didn't know what he was saying by this stage, and he said, So am I busted? Mm-hmm. And I said, No, I'm not busted. He said, Oh, because if I am, I'd rather you bust me. I don't, um, I don't want to be busted by anyone else because it's nice to be known as well as you know me. And I said, Well, you're not busted, so go. Uh, so we just went back in time. But there's little things like if I see him at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night, I see him 
with him not knowing, because he's not allowed to see him, so he's a lawyer, so he's not allowed to see him, his family, so he's not allowed to see him. So, so he's actually spoken about you to his lawyer? I, I suspect so. Okay. Yes, yeah. he could, he, last time when we were right on the bed at his place, he said to me, if my lawyer knew that I was talking to you right now, he'd kill me. Mm. So there must be conversation. I mean, I would, if I were him, sure. I'd be lying my ducks up. But, um, um, yeah, so, so it's just had to, I just keep, keep you up with what's going on because, as I say, you can't not talk to anybody for years and years right. without being, um, you, you, you either stress out, um, or, you know, and I, and I fight not doing this all the time. I always pull back and I always say, this isn't my problem, I'm not doing it. Mm. And, well, we're in a position now where we see that from the information you provided us, we're in a position where we see an opportunity and given that chance, we have the we have the opportunity of giving it a go. But it's entirely a decision that is for you, mate. Because you change, like when you know that... Um it's like I can be really relaxed with him because I know I'm not being, being I'm not taping it. Mm. So everything about me can't be rattled or can't be because, but the hurdle I've got to get over is if I knew, if I was conscious of the fact that I was, um, obviously, whatever, however it works, I don't know if well, wear devices or yeah. have something to do, then doesn't the pitch of my voice change or... I mean, well, won't there be subtle changes that will happen? I don't know. Not necessarily. But I guess what I can say that in discussions, there is um, some form of assurance that uh, whatever devices are available, they can be adequately discreet and not detected. But I guess you're more concerned, are you, about the way you you behave Having the knowledge. Certainly. Yeah. It's like I was hoping on March the 16th, when it rained and we had to go sit back in the car, it's a very unusual thing for him to do. That's what I say. Sometimes when he's so in that, that frame of mind, you almost get the feeling he wants this to be over. That's what was one of my questions I was going to raise. Yeah. Based on what you said. Yeah, like, like comments like, uh, um, and I say, oh, he's still out of jail, I see, and I jump in the car to meet him. This is the park hotel. One visit ago, um, I said, "Oh, he's still out of jail." He said, "Yeah, sometimes I wish I was in jail. Uh, it would be more peaceful." And, um, and I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah, you can just be by yourself, and you know, you don't have to deal with all this shit." What shit you referring to? Um, his relationship with the uh, with shit. Yes. Um, that's if I'm to believe his version, it's fairly volatile, but it's the same pattern. With all his relationships, there's never unconditional love. There's never, and yet he's got um, a, a need in him where he wants to be, um, you know, the knight in shining armor, Superman, whatever, the good provider. Like it's, but it kind of never works because. Yeah, is there anything other than, than that? It's, are you able, maybe it might be better, are you able to relate to Andrew? Because he's only got from me. With my interpretation of what took place back on the 16th of March, the conversation. Um, I probably can't remember it all. What do you remember? And I've made some notes I can help you with this we go. Um, I remember him, him uh, I said I'd meet him at 8 o'clock. I didn't get there until 
10. No, I wasn't going then, but I texted him. He said that um, he was drunk, he'd been drinking, and I said, well... Is that the first time? This is March 16th. Is this the first time you've seen him or he's alluded to being drunk? Absolutely. Yes. Because that's not... He doesn't drink on purpose because he said he doesn't like to lose control. He likes to be in control. And if I had a guilty conscience like that, I sure as hell wouldn't be having a drink with anybody. Okay. So I'm just sort of raise that because that was that's new information to me too. Okay, so I remember um, you actually making a mention. You were quite surprised. I was. I was very surprised. Yeah. Anyway, I had text to say uh, I originally said I was coming over. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. um, it was a Thursday or something, wasn't it? Oh, that was. Um, Oh, yeah, I was going to come over on, on Thursday. The prior Thursday or the following Thursday? Near Easter, what's that? The Before Good Friday, that Thursday. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, and something happened, and he said, can you see me tonight? Um, so I thought, oh, well, if he's asking, then I probably should. So I said I would, but then he didn't hear from me because I got busy. And um, then I text much later, and he said, yes, but you'll have to come and get me and we have to go in your car because I've been drinking. And I said, well, who got you in that state? Because it so blew me away. And he said, you did because you said you were coming and you didn't. So I said, right, well, I am coming, so I'll be over. So I turned up, and I believe he was drunk mm-hmm. because his conversation was too loose. I mean... Is conversation actual words as opposed to the and slur or anything like that? No, not 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 the slur side. Um, just the content of his conversation mm. was very unguarded and. So when you stopped at his house. Yeah, I went to his house. He snuck out of the house. He got in my car and he had a pint glass of Lambushka with him, and I could see him coming down the down the um path, and he was wobbling like when he came down the path. And he didn't park right at the front of the house. No, no, he told me to park down the side. Oh, in Red Bank. Red Bank. Well, the street that goes down the hill. Yes. Yeah, okay, Red Bank. Near his garage. Near his garage. Yeah, Red Bank. Yeah. Yeah, so I was curious about that because if he gets out of the house without them knowing, Mm. I only have to see, do that one or two times before I have a legitimate reason to say, because you're a smarty, how do you get out of here without being seen? Mm-hmm. You know, you and he's, oh, no, well, I can't get a welcome right to this and that. So, and that's something I want to know. Mm-hmm. Can, can you actually leave the house? He said that he'd stayed at the Sims house for three nights before the murders. This is after he's got a good car. Yeah. Um, which, which car have you got? Which car? My black Ford. You always have the black Ford? Um, for a long time, we had a little white sports yeah. car, but then yeah. we had the babies, and so um, we moved yeah. to the forward. Yeah, that's right, okay, yeah, so sorry, yeah, so it's probably going to be just about through. Well, is it amount you speak just about, you get in the car, and before you know it, hi, hi, I'll oh, listen, let's talk about the murders. Is, Basically. Is that how it happens? I don't know. I'm okay, so I get in my car, and I say, how are you, it's your birthday tomorrow, and it's pretty reflecting, blah, blah, blah. And I had you, yeah, we haven't seen you, I've got my way, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fair enough, where we go, let's go to the park. Um, so how have you been? Yeah, right. How's she? Oh, well, you know, it's still, I'm working on it, but it's still kind of, you know, all over the place. She's not living with me at the moment, and so that's still not on. Yeah. And, um, I'm not getting along with her mum. But I still have the baby and look after the baby because I'm their father, and she's not a father. Get to that. Um, he says, are you going to grill me? And I said, yeah. 
So we start. So he's anticipating. Yeah. The conversation is it real. Was, it's always been about the murders. It's mm-hmm. been about the murders since the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Hooked up again. Yeah, and he knows, and he tried, like, it used to be a joke where he would say, I, it, I just fell into the conversation about the murders all the time. And, um, and he said, oh, that only took you seven seconds this time, oh, you know, and okay. stuff like that. But he, he, had, he said he likes to talk to me about it. Did, did he, um, we, we've spoken previously about paranoia and, you know, he thinks he worked for police. Uh, he's mentioned that a few times, he's mentioned more. Did that, that particular night, did he take any steps to satisfy his curiosity in that regard or remember or maybe um, just... Well, if he looks for wires or pats you down, because I'm not very careful what I wear, like I Do don't have a phone. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, but, but not in a not in a serious, you know, not like from a stand there, I'm going to pat you down, but just like, um, you know, his hands on your ass and then it's up and down your leg, just you know, like that, and then it's it's um, across your back and. And I go, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just giving you back a rub. And I say, you're not, you're not, down. Like, you do this every time I see you. So when you say you wear loose clothing, what do you wear clothing? I wear, um, you know, like, um, say, cotton baggies, no belt, um, singlet tops, just clothes that are, um, easy, not, I don't because it's no point in me going with a mobile phone, necklace on, a pair of earrings I don't usually wear because it just blocks the whole flow of conversation. What he picks up on it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, say for example, um, shoes. What sort of shoes would you wear? Thongs. Thongs. Okay. Underwear. Underpants and a bra. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes no bra. No, always a bra. Always a bra. Oh, okay. Um, glasses. You wear glasses. No, I don't. So you make a point of not wearing glasses. Yes, because. I- I don't wear my glasses. You know, once he thought that my glasses might have had a special lens in them that had a camera that looked one way and... <laughs> so what did you do with that? Is it just take the glasses off? I just don't wear them. Mm-hmm. I don't wear jewelry. How do you drive? Do you use your glasses? Yeah, but I wear them now, drive. And so when you're going from Trouts Road to... Yeah, the car. I'm just under the seat. And... Oh, okay. Oh, sure. Sorry, okay, so you get in the car, what do you drive? Yeah. Okay. Where do you drive to? The park. This is a new new place since um, since I've only just started meeting him on my own now. Um, um, I don't know what it's called. It's it's it, it may be called Arana Hills. It's on Osborne Road, mm. so it's not too far from his place. He thinks I still live at Galaxy Street. I never told him I lived at Galaxy Street. Anyway, he's, he looks me fair in the face. He mm-hmm. says, Andrea, you need to know that I believe that you are wired. Mm-hmm. I've always believed you are wired. I do believe you are wired. And I also think that there's six men behind these bushes and... Ready to pants. Yeah, and it, I'm going to get set up for an ambush. So it's in, I, I feel like that. Can you say that on this occasion? Mm-hmm. No, okay. Yeah, but that's that's how honestly he feels, and he's being honest about it. He's saying, you know, because I'm I'm not going to just keep denying and denying and denying all the time that I talk to police or this or that. Because as I say to him, there's no point. What's the point of if you think I'm lying? Fantasizes I'm an undercover cop. I said, if that's what you think, then that's what you think. I can't change what you think. So we might as well just move on from that. Because what's the point? You know, so. 
So that's another thing. Like, if you really did believe that, why would you talk to me? Yeah. You know, why would you talk to me? And over and over and over and over again. Well, four hours, wasn't it, the other night? You were saying? It's always hours. Hours. So, essentially, the other night, it was four hours in the car until we get talking. Yes. We'll just go back to the park that you described in Osborne Road. Do you know anything further about it? Is it near the football? Yeah. Um, yeah. He, run legs he knows it well, and there's some football club yeah, or okay. something there. Okay. And did you get out of the car momentarily? This, on this occasion, yes, we did, and okay. it started to rain. Right. So he said, now you're controlling the weather. He said, now you're making it rain, so you have to sit back in the car and talk. Okay. Because obviously, if he's as paranoid as he is, he's going to think, if the car is beautiful, because, I mean, he's just sitting there going, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, God, I hope it was bugging my car and I don't know about it. And by two o'clock in the morning, I drop him off home. And, and, oh. So this was between 10 and 2, roughly? Okay. Right. And what, how did the conversation start? Let me just go back to that point. About the murders? Yeah. Well, who preempted it? I do. Okay. Do you remember what you asked him? I'll just take your mind back. You were thinking you'd like to know how it gets out of the house, yep. go over the balcony, whatever, because that's something that's in the back of your mind you'd like to know. Uh-huh. Okay. Was there something that preempted the next conversation with him? When you got in? You said he's got the, he's got the wine glass, he's got the wine glass, or whatever he's got. It's unusual for you to be drinking. Mm-hmm. I said, what is it? Thanks. Anyway, you can't drink because you're driving, that's right. What did, what did Phil say about you coming in tonight? Oh well, he wasn't happy about it, but he didn't, he didn't stop me. Yeah. So he knows you're here. Yes, he knows you're here. So what's he saying? Well, I just said I'm going to see you. And he said, I'd rather you didn't, because it's 10 o'clock at night and it's trying to do, you know, do what we do. Yeah. And I said, well, if you really don't want me to go, I won't go, but I think I should go. And he said, okay. And I said, it means you're a safe bet. It's fine. Yeah. You see it, Okay. Um, then he... He's trying to think how the hell is. I just do it automatically. I don't know. Well, what's the first thing that, then, that you can remember? that struck you as unique or different than previous conversations? Um, for some reason I must have asked him about remorse again because that's the, the, the point I see he has more trouble um, not answering me about. So at some point I still do. You know, I'm still just trying to work out whether you are actually remorseful about what happened or not. Do you cry? You know, cry like a baby about it. Yeah, is that, sorry to stop you, but I just need to clarify issues as you go on. Is your interpretation of what he's saying there that he's sorry or remorseful that he couldn't be there to protect them? No. Or remorseful because he committed Yes. 
Okay. I just want to, I need to clarify what, sure. what you want. And that's just my personal opinion. It's not to say those words mean either sure. thing. Sure. It's just. Yep. So when I said about, um, can I take my jacket off? Please do, yeah. When I said about the, um, about the, um, um, when I said about being, um, uh, you see, yes, I call her a baby girl. And he said, um, he looked me straight in the face because he got out of his, he, he moved over from his seat so he was on an angle like that and he was giving me a hug. And then he just put his head up, he just looked me straight in the face and he said, I have remorse, Andrew. I said, about what? About what I did. Well. And then we talked a wee bit more about that. And I said, um, I said, um, he said, do you know how hard it is to kill somebody that says, don't, 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 please? You know, I mean, it's not easy to kill somebody that's saying that. And I said, I can imagine. And then... Did that surprise you? I'm over being surprised at the moment, okay. to tell you the truth. All right, yep. Yep, and then he said sorry. Um, and then he said something else that was um, very out there, and when he said it, I realised I had this little tiny sort of shock of fear, like just, just tiny, where I thought, shit, you shouldn't have said that. But my reaction, because it was there and it had come out, was I went, I held his face and um, I said, that's all I wanted, that's all I wanted. I just want to know that you feel remorse. I said, because, you know, this is good because I said, I can't put this whole thing together. It's like this big messed up jigsaw that I can't put together because it makes no sense to me at all that you did this, the person I know did this in a cold cold-blooded way that you actually don't have feelings, like you can't feel anything, I can imagine that you would have to have remorse and that you flipped out and it happened. And, and I said, and this is very good, this is very good. And I said, good boy. What did he say, Andrew? I can't remember. And I do, yeah, I do that sometimes. I'd have to stop and think. Mm-hmm. Like I'd have to think about, it's really, it's a re- really, um, it's a very weird thing that, that happens when you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're with someone you're hoping is not entirely finished with you yet. I mean, he still goes on about you know that book. You know how I told you mm-hmm. about the book, mm-hmm. and that you were to write. Yeah, yeah. And then I've done those first few pages to mm-hmm. kind of because I wanted to get him closer yes. with him. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the idea behind that is is I go through my scenario and what. Because of his his uh, ego, he would correct uh, well knowing wrong in, in the scenarios. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. so that's why we go over the scenarios over and over, so that I can work out by putting the books together what the scenario is from start to finish to the whole thing, like the slip up about the weapon. What was that slip up? Well, we were talking about the weapon that was used, and he still said. Um, see, the trouble I had with Machete was that, and I explained to him, he's so tall, and, he, and, 
he's um, he's tall and he's strong and obviously he's got some um, some weight behind him. If it were a machete, I said you would have like, almost decapitated the person. Or and I said same with a shovel. I said like I think I said when I picture you like if you stood back with a shovel and you were to thrust that down, I said obviously it would make a lot of gashes, a lot of blood. I said but you'd be talking about almost. And then he said, what about crushing the skull and, like, bashing What? Like, not, you know, what, what if, you know, it was more like bludgeoning? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, that's what it said in the paper. And I said, so you're saying sort of crushed in here, the blood from having been crushed in? He said, yes. And we talked about the bathroom, as you know. Please go that. Sorry, you mentioned uh, machete, and, and then yes. you mentioned spade. Yes. Um, where, where, did the, where did they come from? Like, where, where did you get that information? They could have been either or both of those things. From him. Okay. So, um, can we talk about the machete first? Okay. He says that um, he believes the machete was used, that the machete was kept underneath um, her pillow, And then we had a little bit of a further conversation about that. Yeah. You mean her, you mean the illness? Yes. Okay. And the other conversation you had about that, is that of significance? Can you tell me a bit about that? And then we talked about, a sh- um, um, I said, was it a shovel or something? And he said, well, like a spade, sort of, yes, kind of like a spade shape on the end. Okay. But I think he was referring to a weapon that you presented him with. Okay. So, you're, what's your understanding after these meetings? What's your understanding from what Max has told you was used? Well, he keeps going back to the machete, but... I, just when he said he took the shovel, I thought that that must have meant he took the shovel, meaning that it was a shovel that was used. So that's when I wanted to ask him about the force of injuries and so forth. Yeah. Because we talked also about her being stabbed here and what was used, and then through pen and pencil, I said something picked up. In what, con- what context was he talking about that he picked up the shovel? He said he took the shovel. Where from? I guess the house. Yes, the house. He took the shovel. I took the shovel with him. So he's actually indicated it's not a what if I took the shovel. No. I took the shovel. I took the shovel. When he gets really weak and really tired, he just comes out with stuff. It just it just comes out. Mm. But um, I think as much as he he thinks that um, I told face or everything, I think that he also kind of believes that I'm very trustworthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the truth of the matter. Otherwise he wouldn't be doing what he's doing. But then I convince myself, oh well if he already knows I'm talking to the police, well then that's his decision to talk to me and if that's his decision then I don't need to feel guilt about it. Otherwise, you, you do, you just really, you know, you have so much guilt thinking. 
he said that he took the shovel. Did he say what he did with the shovel? He said he took the shovel so he could dig a hole and bury BJ. But he told me he's told you that. And he told me when he stayed that he stayed there for three nights before before the murders that he's told you that too. So he's just sort of discussing conversation and stuff. Can we take you back to the, do you know how hard it is, Andrew, to kill somebody? Um, did you ever explore with him who was saying that? What's that? Please don't say oh. Oh, who was saying that? Yes. No, uh, I had said that I believed that the city had edged, but it keeps going back to Quinnell for some reason. But yet yeah, it was supposed to be blood from Quinnell's room, which meant, anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't know. So it's never been clarified who was, who was begging him not to do it. No. It's one of the victims. It's not clear in your mind. Okay. No, I had the feeling it was Quinnell because I had actually thought that the um, city would have begged. But um, it was just him changing it to Quinnell. Maybe Quinnell ran into the bathroom. Is it clear in your mind that it was one of the victims that did say that? How was it put to you? I'm sorry for what I, you know, I have remorse about what happened, uh, about what, about what I did. Um, um, I mean, as I, uh, I told you, you know, how hard it is to kill someone as you, um, so play, um, play don't, don't play this shit. If we take you back to the bathroom, you're going on to another conversation. Yeah, because I keep coming up with scenarios all the time to try and work out, um, where I'm going wrong. Um, it, yes, there was an argument between him and Norma, and that happened in the bedroom. And he said, um, okay, so there was an argument, and there was a lot of yelling. What happened next? He's asked you. Mm. So he's wanting you to recreate what you think happened. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is what you were suggesting that he... And he's guiding at something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it says, all right, okay, so there's argument. What happened next? And, um, you know, I thought about the two of them, having the two of them at the same time and him having to shut her mouth. He said that, didn't he, about putting his hand. Uh, I would have, um, she would have been, um, um, yelling and I would have pushed her back and then um, City would have been yelling and I would have put my hand over her mouth and her nose and broken her neck. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. That's just something he's throwing up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no direct comment there that that's what occurred. No, something. It's, it's like that. Yeah. And I said, well, I see her running out the hall and she's in the bathroom. So, because I have to do that. If I don't do something, he's not going to correct me. Yeah, so I have to say, sure. you know, this is, this is this, and this is how I open the bathroom door, blah, 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 and that's all that goes. But the reason I said that was because mm-hmm. he said to me, um, in a previous conversation, he said to me, um, all right, how would I, why did I leave the house and come back? I mean, how would I have cleaned up the blood? And I thought, oh, so you left the house and came back. Because he said he, he would have been full of adrenaline and panic. Because I said, did you panic? He said, well, of course you panic. Your, your body's pumped full of adrenaline. And, um, and I said, no, oh, it's just hard to... I said, you're very clever putting them in a spa, I've got to say, because I said, if you hadn't done that one thing, it would have, um, you know, you'd, you'd be in jail by now. And I said, you know, to be under that kind of pressure and to think think about doing that at, at a moment's notice, is, you know, it's pretty incredible and it's, it's very lucky you did that because if you hadn't. And then he said, oh, I see. So we're trying the angle of um, blow smoke up my ass and see if I'll say something then. And I said, I'm not asking you to say anything. I just, I said, I don't care if you think I'm blowing smoke up your ass. That's, that's your business. I, I don't care. I'm just telling you what I feel. And that's what I feel. So you can take it as, as truthfully what I feel or that I'm blowing smoke up your ass. That's your, that's your problem. And, um, and then I said, and then he said something about, that's probably, I keep going about city being drowned. He said, maybe that's why I filled up the spa. And I said, well, you're hardly going to fill up the spa and she's going to sit there and wait for you to fill it up so you can drown her. I said, unless you had rendered her unconscious. And I said, perhaps she wasn't dead, she was unconscious. And you weighted her down. I don't know, it's all rather sick. But uh, I noticed in that little conversation there, he's attributed that to himself. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Maybe that's why I feel like this way. Yeah, well, things like that happen all the time. Okay. That happens all the time. That's where I got it from. You know, oh, she sleeps with one under her pillow, he sleeps with one under his bed, and that's where I got it from. Then what am I supposed to make of that? Yeah. You know, and, and I've got to react with, with absolutely nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Like, um, almost, um, like, um, I might even change the subject. I might even go, um, so if you're not, you know, getting it from shiv at the moment, where are you getting You know, I just snap into a different conversation. We talk about sex a lot mm-hmm. because it's, it's a, um, yeah, it's an easy conversation to have and it's, um, it's, um, light and, um, flirtatious. 
Yeah, I guess so, but we both know that we're not interested in having sex with each other. Like, yeah. it's just something. We're just we're we're just, intensity of yeah. conversation. Well, of course it yeah. does. Yeah. I mean, you asked you something, you know, very personal about what Phil and I do and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he uses that as well to lighten. Yeah, I think we do. But we both have a, a, a pretty like we laugh a lot during the four hours. We come back to like things that. Are, Amuse the amuses or whatever, and then, and he might say, um, oh yes, um, detective, but such and such, and it might be something that's actually very funny. So, so then we, we have a laugh because you know it's ridiculous and it's funny, and they're very very easy with each other, very very easy. And um, also, I have to snap him out of what he gets a bit, you know, get in the car with that guy. It's really weird feeling because he um. Yeah, his eyes change and he drives like a maniac and looking and thinking people are following him and he's saying, just relax, it's like no one's following him. So why did you drive this night? Because he was drunk. Right, so what would generally happen? Um, you got to remember I've only seen, started seeing him by myself. Yeah. 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 What um, happened previous times so far as travel arrangements? Okay, what we did was we met at the Urban Park Hotel, both in our cars, yeah. and I got into his car. Okay. And then we sat in his car and we talked for hours in his car. So. That's the Honda. Oh, we must have gone to the park after that as well, so we must have had a big talk in the car. And then. In his car? Yeah, in his car. But it's not the silver Honda. I don't know if he's got a new car, but it's not the silver Honda. It's a very nice car, you know, like your bum warms up on the seat kind of car. Mm-hmm. They have right. some button that you can press. Like, what is that? <laughs> okay. okay, so is that it? I wanted, I'll just read, read some notes out to you that I made. I just, it sort of reflects the same. It might jog your memory a little bit, though. Then you might be able to clarify a few things from as we go. This is just the things that I've typed out after a conversation, okay? I'll just take you. Um, Met with Max about 10 pm on the 16th of March, not before his birthday. It's supposed to meet him on a Thursday, but it didn't happen. Uh, but that's slightly different. Yeah, it's, it's um, the following Thursday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, you drove your car to his house and collected it from there. He had some alcohol and he affected by the rigor. Yes. They drove to the Arana Hills Park, which is in the football club, and mentioned like it's just mentioned us earlier. We made in the car and talked for four hours. It was raining. That's correct. Um, on the previous occasion, we went to a park. Did you go in his car? Yes. All right. And did you stay in the car? Or did you no. Get out and walk no, we got out. We walked and we sat on the bench. All right. Okay. And the majority of the time was on the bench. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is that what you guys were going to do this last time? Yes. Rain? Correct. Did you park in the same spot as last time, as the time before? Yes. Where was it? Uh, there's a little shed of some kind. It's like a little car park with you know, the, the wooden logs yes. and a little kind of some sort of shed. And directly behind you is the uh, police citizens youth club. Is it? Oh, oh. You know, it's well, it's pitch black, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's a very, very large play area, and like it's a really good play area. Yeah. Um, with like saddle clocks and stuff. Yes, Osborne Road at Mitchelton. There's a roundabout. Yes, there's a round, uh, there's a roundabout, but you go up, yeah, there's a roundabout. 
And you can take another entrance in to go to the football. I'm thinking of Southern Arabians. Yeah, yeah. You're looking close. I'm thinking of West Mitchie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there, there's a long driveway that goes up to, to where you must play football, or there's this area okay. near the roundabout with yeah. the car park. Yeah, I know where you're talking okay. about. No it's actually a soccer club. Okay. Mm. All right. Uh, remaining the car, talk about the nervous. Um, you told him that uh, at one point that uh, you believed that the person responsible for the offender lost control, believed that it wasn't a cold-blooded thing, and that uh, yourself couldn't sleep at night thinking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. I got that right in that sort of way. All right. I just told him he's not the only one that doesn't get sleep. That's he's right. Going on into everybody. Yeah. Uh, you spoke about uh, what if I'm not killed in the bathroom? And it's about the time he made the statement of, like, crush the skulls in. Mm-hmm. Max stated that can I sleep with a weapon under his bed, and that's where I got it from, mm-hmm. he said. That sort of weapon, what's his name, what weapon was that? Machete. Okay, that's machete, no. Well, he weapon. said she slept with a machete under her pillow, mm-hmm. and he slept with one under his bed, mm-hmm. and that's where I got it from. Did he say what he did with the machine? Pardon me? Did he say what he did with the machine? No. no. It's only just speculation. What is that? Max said, maybe I killed Canal in, bed, in the bedroom, maybe I killed Canal in the bathroom. So it's a bad each way, one of the two. Yes. Right. And then it's about that time you said to me, I just need to know you feel remorse. Like you just related earlier. Mm-hmm. And I ask him that pretty much each time. And this is the flow that I've got here, correct me if I'm wrong. After you said, I just need to know you feel remorse. He said, if I could take back what happened, I would. I have remorse. I have remorse for what I did. Okay. Um... If I could take back what happened, I I would. Mm-hmm. Um, you put a little asterisk beside that one. That's at the Everton Park Hotel car park in the meeting before. All I can say is, if I could take back what happened, I would. Well, right. Okay. Okay. So, so that's a separate bit altogether. Yep, this is what I'm saying. If you could add something like that the first time, then I know that it's worth asking him again the second time. And the second time I get the next answer. So, following on from then, I just need to know you feel remorse. He said, I have remorse for what I did. Did you do? I said, what for? What for? Um, okay. Sorry, what? For what? Just if you want. Anyway, I have remorse. For what, Max? What did I do? Well, and then that's led on to do you know how hard it is to kill someone when someone says, please don't, don't, please? Correct. And then you, on that, we come back with, that's all I wanted to know. Correct. And then what happened? What, what, what was said straight after that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Next thing that I made is a subject, uh, subject of removing jewelry from the house. Next made a comment on the lines of, don't think I'm stupid enough to take you <laughs> to the jewelry, dear. Take, take me, take me. Take I me. I think, 
I want to see the jewelry because I know you've got two pieces and I want to see them. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, previously we had already spoken about this, and this is the second conversation about the jewelry. We've also spoken about it here. So I'm just revisiting the same kind of topics that I got a reaction from last time. Yeah. So, uh, about the jewelry. Um, 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 he said, um, and I said, I know you've got it because I said, I can see you holding it in your hands. They showed it to my house, they looked everywhere. And I said, um, you're not going to be that stupid, you're going to have it in your house. And I said, no, you put it somewhere. It's somewhere where you can get to. And um, you go and you see it when you know, you need to, but I don't believe you don't go and see it. And, um, and I said, why don't you take me to your special spot? And he said, then it would be special, would it? We need our own special spot. Because if I took you to a special spot, then I only had memories about somebody else, and you wouldn't want that. Um... And I said, anyway, I would like to see it. And I said, look, it's not like it's evidence. You can say you took it after the, uh, when you found the bodies. You knew the police were going to come and take, take the stuff because there'd been a murder in the house. You wanted, uh, I suggested by, by sort of instinct, you just grabbed what you thought you might lose forever and you pocketed it. So I said, it's not like, you know, you could do it. You don't think I'm, you don't, you don't really think I'm stupid enough to take the them, do you? Was a shot. Here we go. But is it, has he actually acknowledged that he had removed something from the house? That he actually took something more or less, it's just. No, the burglar took it. No, the burglar took it. There's definitely jewelry missing in the burglar took person that get over the house. What I was going to say before is when you were talking about, I would have left the house and, um, well, why did I leave the house and come back there? I mean, how would I have cleaned up the mess? Yeah. And then he said, oh, he just went really quiet. He said, oh, blood, Andrew, you should have seen it. There was just blood everywhere. It was just all over the walls and in the bathroom. And I said, mum and dad's bathroom? He said, no, not Putin's bathroom. That's why I insist that someone's entering the bathroom because I don't know if you remember telling me that or not. Uh, I don't even know if it's true. So at what point is he when he's relating this, as in, you know, is this at the time, uh, uh, at clean-up time, for one of the better terms? Yes, for one of the better terms. Or, or, or is it time. subsequently when he discovered the bodies? No, my impression is it's clean-up time. It's your impression? Mm. What day is that impression? Um, how would I have cleaned up? So we were, we're, we're there, we're in there when he says, how would I have cleaned up? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we are when we're talking. And then he says, oh, the blood injury, you should have seen the blood, it was just everywhere. Mm-hmm. But he's almost surprised himself. And the reason why I have to separate that from the discovery of the bodies is because I've previously asked him over the years how much blood was around the house. And he says there wasn't, it wasn't like there were blood all over the walls or there was blood everywhere. There was a pool of blood where someone had pulled the cupboard out to sort of cover it. In Nim's room, uh, there's blood trails and um, stuff. Yeah, so so that's why I thought, well, you told, you've been telling me for years that, that um, there was a limited amount of blood, and then when you go into that situation, 
It's like when you ask him, blood really smells, doesn't it? Like it has that smell about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he stops. He stops and goes, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that means nothing to you. But in the context of the discussions. Oh, I'm fascinated by his reaction to this kind of stuff because it's, um, if you don't have a memory of that, you don't do something that signifies you have a memory, you see? He's relaying it back to somebody. Yeah, he's, re- yeah, he's, he's, he's going, he knows what I mean. Yeah. Well. Anyway, that all, that all doesn't matter because it's all not evidence in anything else. Well. I know I'm not where I want to be yet. I just know that, um, I'm getting closer and closer to being where I want to be. And where do you want to be? I want him to, um, I want him to confess to the point of um, just admitting it. He's already already given me reasons why he won't confess. And if you're telling someone what he's scared to confess, and you know what they do to you in jail? I mean, there's a child involved. You know what they do to people that... So I've got to start the work out. Okay, if I know that this, this and this are the reasons why you don't confess, but there's obviously something about you that's not sleeping and is pretty screwed up about it. So... How do you alleviate those fears? You know, can you have a conversation where you can say, oh, well, you know, maybe they don't put you in the same place as anywhere anyone's going to touch you or, you know, it's just a... What do you intend to do if that did actually happen? If what happened? He confessed to you. Clearly. Um, I think he, he, I think if he... Confesses to me, he knows fully well what, what will happen. I'll say to him, well, what do you we, have to, we have to go and tell somebody. And I'm not leaving unless we go and tell somebody. Because that's your choice. That'll kill me, but, you know, how long is that going to give me? Another four weeks out of jail? I mean, I don't just go missing for no reason. Mm. So. That's the way you see it, playing out. I'm a bit going. Um, at times, Max is putting his hands around your neck, his thumb over the Adam's apple. Mm-hmm. One hand. One hand. While we were talking like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. At one point, um, you placed his hand under your clothes and on your breast. Yep. Not a sexual thing, but a comfort thing. Yep. Yep. Because he's doing this, and I don't think he even knows why he's doing it. So that's simultaneously happening, is it? Yeah. We're talking, and while we're talking. For some reason, I don't know why, but he's just got his hand cupped like that while we're talking, and just his thumb's just got like a wee bit of pressure there. So what, 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 what's led up to? What, what does he suddenly come up and just do that? He's not coming up. We're already sitting. Yeah, he's side, side by side or close. Just um, yeah, just puts his hand there. So, um, now, is it is it in the lead up or during the conversation that involves how one of them may? Yes, it's probably one of them. just talking generally and, and just as a matter of course leads across and holds does that? Okay. He's so he just keeps bringing up um, his pet subjects. One of them is, aren't I afraid that he might kill me? And mm. that's just his pet subject. He just I keep going back to my pet subjects. He keeps going back to his, so. So it's his, it's, is it, from what you're saying, my understanding of it is, is that perhaps it's his way of reminding you of his pet subject and the vulnerability. Yes, yes, he wants me to know and understand that I'm in a very vulnerable position. 
and then be it his choice. He's controlling. His son a bit hard already. Like, it, 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 mm. he's just letting me know. How do you feel about that, then? You've got this in your head, right? I don't feel frightened. I don't feel... Um, You're beyond that. Yeah, I'm beyond that because because that's um psychological game now. Yes. And if if I um give him what he wants, you know, if I if, for example, if if he's got his hand round round like this and I go, Oh, that's a bit tight, Max, don't do that please, right? Why? Do, do you feel uncomfortable you see? No, I think he'd give it give it to you just a wee bit tighter and say, Why are you worried? Are you worried I'm like you you see? Cause mm. he likes to play that game. He's got this and I've told him that. I said, You've got this attraction to scaring people. I said you 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 have this um little bit of a you get some kind of joy or something out of um seeing people frightened of you and I said, I see it. Just in your sense of humour, just in your mannerism, you'll jump out from behind a door and scare your poor old dad after death. But I think it's, there's something about you that really enjoys that, you know, that control. That, mm-hmm. And I know, because he wouldn't lie on top of me going, um, you're scared of me right now. And of course, that was another thing I mentioned, that from time to time we rely upon one each other, each other. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Again, you kind of wasn't a sexual thing. No, it was just hugging. Just hugging. So yeah. it's a hugging yeah. in the seats of the car. Mm. The seats are what, up or down or No, my side console I should my side side might be down a wee bit. Yeah. His feet are under the glove box so he's diagonal. Yeah, and he okay. said, Look, I can actually fit across your car. I like this car. Like he said, I'm six foot two. And it's nice I can actually lie down and give you a hug in the car. And not try and breathe and raise all my Okay. Um. But I touch him a lot and always touch him, hold his hands, all that. And I do that um, because sometimes there's just that wee bit of um, diffusing going on. I feel that um, like if he puts his hands around my throat or whatever, if I just in a sort of um, a normal innocent manner uh, do what I did, like take, you know, just take his hand and just sort of move it down there and then sort of start talking again, it, it changes his, you, you see it's like, oh, well, she's not playing the game, she's not playing the game. It, and it's the same with when we're in the park and um, if he's got his hands around my throat and we're in the park and, and, and stuff, um, the best thing for me to do is if, if my legs are over his, his knee, like because you're straddled on the park bench, then... Then I can sort of hold his hands and my knees are touching his like facing each other. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it you know, um Because the car presents a different scenario. Yeah, yeah. Arrangement a different arrangement. Yeah. Mm. So whereas a park bench you can give each other a hug and can do whatever and and a lot of that is, is um um him being very reflective too because Is he really touching with you? Yeah. Yeah, in a nice way, not in a... Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, you've made it clear to me that it's not a sexual thing. Yeah. Um, he, he is so... When he hugs you, he just he just hugs, you know? He, he like, put his, his head in, in there, and he just goes really, really quiet, and he's sad, and he's, everything about him changes, like once I'm lying on the bed, and... Um, and he was so excited, okay, now that we've got these pillows and he threw them on the bed and he threw me down on the bed and just like, you know, that sort of big embrace. Mm. And he tucked straight into here and that and then he's going, you know, I just love this. 
This is just all I wanted. I just want to love like this. You know, like there's nothing in it, but it's just, it's just so nice. And I don't even care about sex, you know. I mean, anyone can have sex, but, you know, this isn't about sex. This is from here. You see? All I ever wanted was. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which goes with my theory of rejection is something that triggered it eventually. Enough rejection, enough rejection, enough rejection. Finally, women are all about power. That's what he said to me back four or five years ago. You know, and that's why it's taken me so long to get as close to him because I've had to prove that I'm um, bulletproof against everything, against his threats, against his. Um, no theory. Yeah. Yeah, because I love him unconditionally, whether he's done it or not. End of story. Doesn't matter. But we have to do something about it. You make that clear. Yeah, all the time. We have to do something about it. How often did he put his hand around the neck in that last? Uh, in the last one with the car, it was it was um, just that time that I told you about. Mm. Um, and he gets a stare on his face that's not very healthy either. Mm. So it's only once in the car, isn't yes. it? Okay. And, um, yeah. Uh, speaking of the weapon, uh, you said that the weapon was spade-like, but not a spade. Yes, on the end of it was kind of like shape-like, you could call it, say it was shaped like a spade. Oh, okay. Can you say anything more about the weapon? No. All right. As you've indicated, uh, he corrects you when he suggests that some things are not quite right, it doesn't make sense. Yes, he told me, he, at the end of the thing, he said to me, and by the way, Andrea, this scenario is not right. Mm-hmm. Okay? Really, where am I going wrong? Which scenario in particular? Um, I tried to complete it. So I tried to say, um, mm-hmm. I hadn't worked out at that stage how he got in, but now I know he was, he was expected, so I imagine the back door's unlocked and he's having his one day room with her like he's done the last three nights. There's an argument. Now, there is definitely an argument because um, he says, he moves on from the fact that there's no He said, what did we argue? This my erection. Was I trying, um, were we trying anal sex and she didn't want to continue? What did we argue about? And I said, I don't know what we argued about. Um, who put those suggestions up? You or Accident, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I'll go home. Um, um, what did we say? What were we talking about? You were, you were looking, you were, what did we argue about? Yes. And he was giving you, well, what was it? Okay. What did yeah. you believe? That's right. We were arguing about. That's right. So I said, okay, so there is an argument. Well, what happened then? And I said, well, well in the argument, I said, I said, um, You've pushed her, her backward at some point. And I said, but, and I said, you've pushed her backward at some point because she hits her head on the, on the, uh, uh, the lamp table. And he said, how do you know that there's a lamp table? How do you know she's got lamp table? And I said, because I'm, I'm a female and I have a bedroom and females have lamp tables. So I said, obviously where's she going to put her book and stuff when she's finished reading beer or whatever? So I said, she's got tables. And then he goes, oh, that might explain the, the damage done to the table then. I don't know what that means. And he said, okay, all right, so she's been pushed back, okay. And what happened then? I said, well, you grab something and stand her here. Oh, what, what did I grab? And I said, something from the, from the, the, the other table. I said, maybe, um, 
maybe a pen or a pencil? And he said, if it were a pen, where's the ink? Where's the ink if it was a pen? I said, well, I don't know where the ink is. Why does it have to be ink? Well, the pen would have broken with the force, wouldn't it? Oh, well, I guess so. And the cap, the cap would be inside the wound if the pen had a cap on it. I said, well, I suppose so. I don't know. I don't know if there's ink or capsule. You're just asking me what you would have stabbed it with, and I'm telling you something small. And how do you know it's small? Because you told me it's the size of a gunshot wound. It's very small. You thought she'd been shot. It's only small. I said, you keep telling me that. So I said, I suspect that you probably thought you had penetrated her with enough force. At that point, you probably thought you'd kill her. And then it's all panic from there. City's running. She's yelling. And I said, everything happens. And we're trying to deal with city. And I said, Nim's not dead. So she's attacking you. And I said, so it's all happening in the bedroom. What about the yelling? What about the neighbors? They would have heard the yelling. I don't know if the neighbors heard the yelling, okay? I'm not trying to get there. I'm just telling you we're in the bedroom right now. And I'm just telling you what happened in the bedroom. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, I think somebody runs over. What about Cornell? I said, I can't figure that one out. He was, he's obviously in his bed, but why hasn't he come in? Or why hasn't he come and get you? He said, well, maybe he's a stoner. Maybe he was just too stoned. I said, well, I said he could have been listening to music. He could have been stoned in the sleep. I don't know. I just find it unusual. But I said, I guess he was in his bed because of the trails. Mm. And he said, yeah, you know, that gets me about you talking about the drag marks. You couldn't have known the body was dragged. Would I have dragged it by the feet? And I said, no, you would have um, put your arms underneath their arms with their with their back against your chest so that you could move them much faster. And so I think it's pretty hard to drag a body just by the feet. But, you know. He might take away to that. No, he just said, I can't figure out how you know that it's drag marks and stuff, because you can't know that it was dragged. Yeah. Same as you saying, there's blood inside the snow where the body got dragged in, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, so then I said about the bathroom and I said about the weapon, as you know, I didn't think it was the thing. I thought the head must have been crushed and because machine remains such a mess. And then that's when he says, um, oh, at the end of the, the sort of almost the whole thing, he said, um, after all that, he said, by the way, Andrea, your scenario is wrong. Yeah, that's what he ended up. So I said, okay, where am I going wrong? He said, you know, as a whole. As a whole, okay. yes, wrong. yes. So there's something I'm still not getting right. Is, would it be fair to say that um, through your discussions with Max, you're fairly certain, however, that any initial argument, as you call it, was in her bedroom. Yes, well, he said to me um, about um, them being in the lounge room, if, if they're all sitting up watching TV in a lounge room, like you said, I didn't know I'd said that, but maybe I'd said they didn't have to be filled in the bedroom, maybe they were just in the lounge room. But I don't know why... Uh, he thinks that I said about that because I didn't know I'd said that. He re- revisited that. Mm-hmm. He revisits things a lot that I, I wasn't quite sure I'd mm-hmm. said. And when, when 
in your mind after this recent discussion and previous ones, did this occur? What night was this? What night was the were the whole shots? Okay, they were your discussions with him. Okay. And between eleven thirty uh, we've always got that time between eleven thirty and two thirty. Um on um what I think because we've talked about it so many times, I have it in my notes. Yeah. I don't, I just can't recall. If, if I guess, I'd say anything because I yeah, know. Yeah, no, I know if you guess. It, it may, Sunday or Monday. It may assist you that um, Max found the bodies on, on Tuesday, um, which was after the Easter weekend. Yes. Um, that's public knowledge. Yes. But has he ever given any indications to you through these discussions on, on which night they were actually murdered? Well, I suggested to him that he had a a good couple of days to clean up and organise his, his own stuff, everything he was wearing and anything that would incriminate him. I said, well, you've, you've got two days up your sleeve between when you killed them and when you found the bodies. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, you're saying to me, there's no evidence, there's no evidence. I said, well, you had two days to clean up, so what would be the evidence? Where did you get the two days from? I don't know. I just throw that in there to see if I get a rebuttal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But that's not clear? Um, from what he said? Well, no, I don't know. Okay. I know I've had sort of conversation on that, but I'm just tired now and I can't think straight. So you drop in home? Okay. Yep. What, the same place you picked him up down Yes. Right. Street? Mm-hmm. Okay. A little further away from you. A little further. Yeah, he said, am I busted? He said, no. He said, if I am, I want to be by you. If I am busted, it is okay. Hmm. You hold the belief that he's responsible for the news. For my common days. Is that the way still standing? Sorry? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, the three nights that we stayed over at the senior house and we went up to the nurse, she, uh, showing he was invited and therefore there was no false entry at the time of death. Yes. You drew a nexus, I guess, between that. Um, and of interest, um, you picked vulnerable times to talk to the, talk with him. I like to explore that a little bit. We made, we made mention that it was his birthday, so it was a vulnerable time, and then we sort of look at vulnerable times or times that he might be more vulnerable to talk to you about. Right. How does that sort of work? Um, it just works that um, if something's been in the paper, mm-hmm. um, if it's a birthday, if it's an anniversary, if it's a child, anything in which a human being stops and, and has subliminal thought because we're not in control of it. So, I mean, I just put put um, put down that it just makes sense that that, that, that that's wrong for times. The other thing is, um, when I contact him, if he asks me to come over or see him or he wants to ring me, it's usually when he's in a vulnerable mood. If he's strong and cocky and feeling pretty self-assured, he doesn't need me. Mm. So I can text him and he can go, yeah, yeah, and blah, blah, blah. But if she's just gone on an aeroplane and she's gone to see her ex-boyfriend who's a lawyer in Fiji and and he's absolutely devastated and I'm texting, then he says, 
how come you're texting me? I haven't heard from you in two weeks and you're giving me all these strange times. You text me on airport day um, when, you know, I sort of really need something to talk to. And then you text me on um, when I was packing up the car because I was going to go away and you text me and said you wanted to see me. So I put off going away so I could see you. I'll look at it from all angles. No, I'll be back for you. Yep. Because, yeah. Because, yeah. What I can or can't do about, um, yeah. And as I said, you know, there has been no reason to record anything else before because I haven't been at a point where he's starting to, to, to talk. So, you know, like talk. Yeah, I'm just yeah. Closer so, to the truth. Yeah, yeah, so now we're only, we're only three, three meetings or something into, um, we're only three meetings. This, I've only just started doing this really. You know, I mean, all the others don't matter because he wasn't confessing. I mean, he wasn't, you know, now he's starting to, to talk about How many meetings have you been having with him, say, in the last six months? Meetings, um, like, not telephone calls, so. No, no, no. Okay. Um, roughly. First one on my own, the house. Well, I don't know what date that was. You might know. How far back is that in the last six months? I know. When was it that I saw him at the house? What are we now? What is it? March. March to September. Um, I would say, um, so by myself, it'd have to be, there's only been three occasions. House, which is some time ago. The park where we got out and sat on the bench, and then the park where we sat in my car. Each of those would have been a duration of around about four hours. There's only been 12 hours of conversation, I would say. So what, on average, once a once a No, no, long, once long two months. Yeah, once long breaks. You do texting and stuff in between, but mm. there's got to be a reason. He's not just going to suddenly want to talk to me. You've got to fix, you know, events well, or something. Well, vulnerable opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's where we're coming from. Yeah, I know. Right. Okay. So, you got any questions you want to ask with us? I think we've pretty much laid out the cards of what together was about, no? Yeah, you've told me everything. You've been up front, you said about recording, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's up front. You told me you've got your notes out. So that's all fine. It's all fine. When do you think you'll be in a position to let us know, Andrew? Look, I still would like to help you out, obviously. Um, we don't, if I can't pull it off, if we don't hear from you tomorrow, I'm in a danger, you see. I'll call you Friday. See, you've got to be, you, you've got to be able to pull it off, okay? It's like you don't go sit in the park with this guy if you think, oh, geez, he might kill me. You see, you've got to sit in the park with him when you think he won't kill you. You see? And if I'm feeling vulnerable or a bit, um, you know, if the weight of it gets on me a bit, where I, I sort of get, I'm, I'm not sleeping and stuff, mm. then uh, I know I'll, I'll cancel having an appointment with you, you see. Mm. I'll put it off because... Mm. Yeah. You're not in the right frame. Yeah. All right. If, if it would help, we would suggest to you that um, uh, any such hidden device or whatever would be that discreet that it would be very unlikely would be detected and of course that we would consult with you perhaps over that at a later time. Give that some consideration too. 
But it comes down to, from what I understand, you're trying to say is that you don't know whether you might be able to pull it off. Exactly. I, give I, some thought. He's very, very um. He's very sharp. Give, give us some thought. Start from here. Here, here from you tomorrow. I'll call you trouble. You might want to discuss it with Bill. Maybe not. It's something entirely. But probably appreciate if you didn't suggest that to Phil. This is what we're proposing because it needs to be covert and it needs to be. Very discreet. Mm. No one really needs to know. Really, know what I talked to Ian? Um, no. He's curious. But having said that, really, it can't be on the day of, um, you know, he always be a poor homicide. Because so. mm. I was trying to call him and stuff, but the, but the trouble is if you stress, like I got home from that conversation I had with him, yeah. you know, and I realised some of the things he'd said to me and it goes straight into your stomach and then, yeah. and I throw up because I can't talk or I can't do anything and it just got me in a weak moment, you know, it was just... Can I reinforce it, Andrew? It's probably not a good idea to speak to anyone. I know, I know, I know, I know. Police, um... I know, but what about that now? Is he going to say anything? Well, I haven't. I, all, all that he's told me is that you want to talk to us. Yeah, but, but I'm he's... I'm not aware of any other discussions that you've had with him. Yeah, but, the content, but so. he's not asking and he's not short talking, saying, how come Andrew wants to talk to you? No, no, not at all. Okay, no. Well. All right, you've got everything you want from me. Should I want a drink of water? No, I just want to go home. All right, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Whilst researching this episode, I came across an unedited raw media interview with Max Seeker filmed in 2003, only months after the murders. Never before seen footage of the killer. Who knows what else I'll find as I keep digging. I have uploaded this video to YouTube. The film is analogue and the quality is not the best. The tape is almost 20 years old and VHS tapes do deteriorate with time. The video runs for 40 minutes. It gives you an insight into the person Max Seeker and you can put a face to a name. He is questioned about the murders and other matters and answers all questions put to him. He denies the murders of course which makes it so fascinating as he is now better known as a mass murderer. The YouTube video is called Max Seeker Interview 2003. I've also placed the link in the show notes to help you find it. That's it for episode 11, Max Confesses. I hope you have enjoyed listening to it. Please join me in episode 12, Max Speaks, where I broadcast a number of SMS messages between Neoma and Max, which gives you an insight into their lives not heard before. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review the podcast. If you like the podcast, recommend it to others. If you have questions, information or feedback, you can contact me via the following. The Facebook page is Loose Ends, The Singh Family Tragedy. My email address is looseends2003 at outlook.com. This podcast was made possible with the grateful assistance of the ACAS Creator Network. Appreciation to Bad Bassam for editing, mixing and mastering the episode. Music, Before I Go, by RKVC. You'll find all my contact details in the show notes at the end of each episode.